Beasley Workwear now proudly sponsors Trade Legends. <laughs> so when I was a kid, when I was about, we started. Oh, this isn't another one of your PHC part stories. Is it? <laughs> when I was about seventeen, eighteen, I worked in a quarry. Right. Um, this is the, you're talking about the magazine upstairs. No, 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 different story, same place. Jesus Christ. So there's a guy there. He's the cleaner. He's called Turk. Right. He's this like. Was he Turkish? He's, he's quite chubby, really hairy. But he, every time he gets a cup of tea, slurps. He's like this. He goes, "Oh yes." <laughs> you could just hear him all day. Oh yes. Drinking his tea. The Turk. What a guy. That's why you've been doing that sound, isn't it? That's the air. Until you've until you've been in here, you don't like. Everyone's like, "Why are these?" I noticed that you're all you're always doing that. Inside joke. It sounds good. I don't like it. <laughs> it makes me feel sick. <laughs> That's everyone's cues. <laughs> go, 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 go! Imagine, imagine being in bed next to him. <laughs> no, it's more like <laughs> and me like watching this. in the corner. <sighs> <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> uh, I cheeks are too fucking flat. <laughs> <laughs> Do the double one, that's the best one. It's all them cookies, like. Those cookies were a bag Rock hard. Bag and rock hard. <laughs> I'll, I'll never be the same. I'll, literally, I'll be constipated <laughs> for a week off that cookie. <laughs> they do a massive one, though. I'm going to send you some. Oh, <laughs> people talk about cookie, though. Where we go? That's the chocolate chip right there. <laughs> <laughs> Charlotte's blatantly just taking a picture of me going. <laughs> <laughs> We're ready. Let's do it. Because we've only got literally an hour and 15 to get this done. Easy. Because you've got to get to the. for your blue steak, Pete. <coughs> I'm actually not coming for dinner tonight. Aren't you? No, can't make it. Oh, Serious? Yeah. Only book it for you. Never mind. We're going to McDonald's. We'll eat his fucking steak <laughs> for him, don't you worry. Right, we ready? Right. Welcome back to the Trade Legends podcast, episode three, season two. Season two. I think it's episode 11 overall. Two, well, part four. What? Or 12. 12. In other words, we were both wrong, mate. So, uh, <laughs> season two, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> So we got two awesome guests for you, Billy, BB the engineer on Instagram, and Adam from Tool Monster and AG Electrics. Yep. Electrics or electrical? Electrical. Electrical. Okay. Who do I start with? 
I'll leave it with you. The, we'll we'll go with should we should we mix it up because I always start to left and I so yeah, we're gonna let's, we'll, uh, we'll let let's you start. Let Billy start. So you're a big fan of the show. Yeah, number one fan. That's why I'm there. That's why he's got the hoodie on as well. Good man. Good man. Lucky dip. Right. So normally we ask people to give us your story from the start, how you got into the industry. Now yours is quite different. I don't think we've had anyone on yet who's joined a trade or taken up a trade after leaving the army, yeah. which is quite a common thing to happen. Yeah. Um, obviously, I know it happens in the plumbing and heating industry. I don't know if it happens in others, but it seems to be plumbers. I used to work with a guy who was in the army and then became a plumber. So talk us through, you know, your story. It, yeah, it just seems to be the in thing at, in, at the minute, isn't it? Where if you do a certain amount of time in the army, they can give you learning credits or training credits to then go and do a trade you want. And then in the army, people see plumbers making a lot of money. Right. Which obviously you are. <laughs> <laughs> I saw BB Plumber making some money. <laughs> I'm overpaid. I didn't know they read the Daily. Didn't know they read the Daily Mail in the army. Fucking hell! Why is hundred grand a year? Read, lah. Teacher. And that, that was it. But I joined the army as a plumber. Oh, okay. So in like 2008, when I joined, they trained me up to be a plumber. Give me, give me all the MVQs. Went to Chatham and Kent. Learned how to do plumbing, and then. Joined the real army, went to Germany for eight years, and then never touched plumbing again. Went to war, did the thing. And then in 2015, he said, right, you need to go back to Chatham in Kent and do your gas. So then I spent eight months just being a civvy. And I was like, I don't want to be a plumber. <laughs> so is this in, in the army still? Yeah, so, so you can join you. the Royal Engineers and pick yeah. a trade. You can get um, chippies, sparkies, mechanical engineers, like um, surveyors. People coming out with degrees and stuff. So, mm -hmm. and that's the way the army is nowadays. They'll try and give you something. So when you leave, you've got something to fall back on. Yeah, because you never, you never, you, like, I, you see the adverts on the TV or whatever, and it's like, be a Royal Marine or whatever. You, yeah. you wouldn't imagine that people are going in there no, as, as plumbers. And you've then got, yeah, you've got the Royal Marines are actually doing what they do and the infantiers and that. So they, they find it hard because they don't get given a trade. They just get told to do whatever they do shoot mm. things and that's not really viable on Civvy Street is it? Mm. So I'm just saying well I'm, I'm, I'm a level 3 in loading weapons and just unloading <laughs> weapons mate. Give out. him a job! This is Asda laugh! I can spray it up if you want. You want to see me stack, yeah. you want to see me stack shelves though? So for so people watching how does that work? You go and you do the regular army training that yeah, everyone so else is doing and also alongside that you, you learn a trade? Yeah, so what I did was like um, three months learning. So day one, week one in Litchfield, 50 blokes in a corridor. This is the real army. Wake up, turn your phones off. Your mum's no longer wiping your ass, And then they basically own you for a while. And then after that, I go to um, Kent, so somewhere down in Kent or um, Gibraltar Barracks, I think it is. And they, they teach you how to do combat engineering. Do you not know where you went because there's a bag over your head while they're driving you? <laughs> the whole thing was a bag over 11 years. <laughs> <laughs> Take the bag off, where am I? Can't say, you can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> lawsuits coming through. <laughs> but then combat engineering, so 10 weeks down there, learning how to blow stuff up, find mines, um, boats. Everything you need is a gas engine. Yeah. And then after that, it's almost like, right, the real army... Training stops, you're going to go to Chatham and you're going to become a civ. You're basically a civvy, but in green kit, and you're just learning how to bend pipe, hang radiators, full central heating systems, 
And is that like a, an army barracks? They've got their own yeah, college? An, yeah, an army barracks, is, but it's almost like a college. Right. So in the morning you'll do fizz, so you'll do maybe an hour or two PT. And then sounds right on my street. This yeah. day, <laughs> you missed your calling, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so you get to have cold showers as well. No, but did, did you have to cut your hair? No, one he, and did you have to cut your hair because this is a big? You got to cut your hair. Oh, yeah. you're fucked, mate. You can't have that beard either. Fucked. <laughs> and then you go to you go to the real army, and then you forget that they've given you all these MVQs. And then five, six, seven years down the line, they say you need to come back and do the next level. And in the plumbing industry, that's gas. And you're like, oh, I don't want to go back. And then you go back and you do it and you get given your gas qualifications. And then most people will go, I can become a civvy with this. And then that's when the transition starts. So they maybe not want to go back being a soldier and then think, right, I can, I've got a qualification here to go on civvy street and earn some money. And that's what they do. But then there is a lot of lads who weren't Royal Engineers and weren't as lucky as me. So the Infanteers, which is a lot of them on, on Instagram, Royal Marines, Parachute Regiment, all that kind of stuff, who have to do it as they're leaving the army, so... Uh, okay, so they have to have a plan. Yeah. Right, I'm leaving soon, what am I going to do? Then they have to train. Yeah, and then the army will give you funding towards that as well. So when I left, they give me like a couple of grand to go and get my commercial qualifications. So, and then you pay a certain amount and then they'll pay... Rather than just dumping you out on the street, because there's a lot of soldiers on the street, just a bit clueless, homeless, they will try and help you out. So yeah. that's a good well, thing. There's obviously a massive transition coming out of the army. And well, then... Even when you, like you said, that you, you go into it doing one thing, you then get pushed into another thing, and then to switch the mind back to, yeah. hold on a minute, I've it's... got to go back to that, must be a bit like, yeah. oh, I couldn't imagine that. Like, you, you hold on a minute, I'm used to doing this now, and then you're getting told, actually, you got to go back to... So I think I left, in training, I left um, Kent in England in May, and then flew to Germany, come September, so we're talking May, June, July, August, September. Four months later, I'm in Afghanistan. Like, what? I was still a kid, like. Yeah. But that's what you signed up for. Yeah. If you don't want it, then don't get it. And then you just, that's it, really. You, you just, you, once you're in the army, it's kind of like they, they own you, you become, you're in, you're in the mold until one day, like me, I woke up and thought, I'm not doing this anymore. Like, mm. I got to corporal in charge of a couple of blokes and I was just like, I need to further myself. So I need, and I've got a qualification in plumbing, let's go try it out. Fired a CV out there and said, look, the army will pay me for the next six months. Do you mm. want, or do you want a bloke for free? Yeah. With the certificates, but no idea what's going on. I mean, do you, do you, do you think, <clears throat> Like looking at your work now, because obviously the, the transferable skills from the army that I would sort of look at from the outside, because I've, I've had no army training at all, is that, you know, you can get up in the morning. Yeah. You can probably organise yourself. You know how to polish a pair of boots and pick yourself up and yeah. crack on. He's watched Full Metal Jacket. <laughs> no, but do, 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 you know, do you know what I mean? Like those, 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 are the, those are the transferable skills where it's yeah. sort of like, you know, to go into a trade... You, you like, yeah. There are some trades where they're not organised or whatever. But do you think that's helped you? Yeah. In that, in that sense of like, you know that. Because you've got that discipline, haven't you? Mm. Like the main thing of being in the army is just being disciplined and learn how to take discipline as well. Because when you first start, you might think you're Jack the Lad, the mouthy guy, but they will literally break you down to the bottom. Mm. Not physically, but they'll just mould you so they'll reshape you as a person. 
man, woman, or whatever you want to be, and then you just become in institutionalized in a way, and you everything you do will evolve around the army because you work 24 hours a day, you're getting paid 24 hours a day. Like you can't just say, like in a civvy job in Tesco's, you can go in and say, I'm done. This is crap. In the army, you can't, you gotta give him a year's notice. So he, like, he, so I gave him a year's notice and then that was it. I was just like, look, I've, I've, I wanna further myself and just try mm. something new. But my dad's in the army as well. So that was the hardest phone call, phoning him. Are you from a, like, because yeah. some, some family, a bit like obviously you with the plumbing and certain generations, like you tend to follow sometimes. What oh, the whole, the whole family, yeah. It's all, it's all police officers, narcos and soldiers. So mm. my uncle was a cold stream So don't guy. come round and rob your house. <laughs> <laughs> Any burglars listening? This band's a tank. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so my dad spent like my whole life in the army, so he, when I pulled out of college, he was just like, right, by the neck, straight down the did you office. Did you grow up in, like, army? In Germany, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. so a lot of families grow up, obviously, on, on those sites. It's come to a point now where I'm, like, 33, but half, I spent 16 years in Germany. Mm. So I'm coming to the point now where... Do you, do you speak German? <laughs> I'm busy. Uh, nah. No. <laughs> I thought, I thought I'm a grandma's German <laughs> as well. I thought we were going to hear Kunnens and Taxi Bush there. But yeah, so I grew up in Germany and then went back to England, did all this army stuff, and then Ty ended up typical, getting posted back. Typical Brits, that isn't it? Oh, I've lived there 16 years. You speak the language now. They all speak English. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you go to Spain, isn't it? You don't yeah. have to speak Spanish. All the expats out there are just like, yeah. yeah. No speaky Spanish. <laughs> what does this read off the children's menu? <laughs> just speak slowly. Just point at the pictures. Big yeah. Mac, chicken <laughs> burger. Can so, I have a water? Yeah. <laughs> Agua de Minerale. <laughs> <laughs> it is tell boy, isn't it, Rodney? <laughs> Bonjour, no, Rodney. But so, it got to a time where I got to like 10 years and I just thought, I'm a, I'm a corporal now. I'd have a, once you get to sergeant, the kind of rule of thumb is you, 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 you're, you're, you're a made man. So you get to sergeant, you get your half pension, 12 years, banging the table, and then you're basically halfway. So what people do is go for the next 12 years and stay in for 24 years and then that's it, isn't it? So I just thought, right, sack the half pension off. I'll go and, I'll go and try my luck in the plumbing game. And I, you, I, I got lucky. Did you miss any of it? Miss a lad, yeah. 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 So when you, you get to 12 years and you get a pension? You get a half pension, yeah, and then you get a bit but of But you left money. at 10? Yeah, well, 11, yeah. 11. And so I had a year to push, but my mind was just in pieces like i just couldn't yeah and that was your choice to leave and do they i don't know anything about this but do they make it hard for you do they, they try can, and persuade you not to leave obviously they, they've helped they do you their best to try and keep you in like um there is a stigma about it where once you're in the army they will tell you there's no jobs out on city street mate there's no point leaving you know what i mean but you've got to just take the plunge and get out there because there's, there's loads of work out there. And if you have on your CV that you're ex-forces, you're disciplined, you've got a skill set, you've got the mentality, you've got ambition, you stuck the army out for 10 years, they're just like, well, come on. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it sounds like they help you out <clears throat> with the trade. Yeah. And they encourage you to better yourself with that. One thing is they will not let you leave without a plan. Right. So that year you've got for leaving is all about planning your future. So you go for a lot of interviews, you go a lot of trade shows, you almost get given like a, a personal aid to start putting you on courses. 
I think there's been a lot of bad publicity where people have just been left to to walk out. I think, yeah, and uh, maybe they put more focus on it. I don't, I don't know, but potentially, yeah. Um, I can't speak for any other bloke. Like I'm speaking about myself, so. Mm. Yeah. Um, I guess it depends what experience you had in the army when you come out. If it's affected you in a bad way, a negative way, and you've got mental health issues or yeah. anything like that, and you're the massive change from being regimented. This is your day every day for ten years. Then you come out and you can do whatever you want. Some some people it's might a go, shock, mate. Like, yeah. uh, but I if got it, home but and I was just like, mm. I switched off. Yeah, I think shave, the shave and cut my hair. I yeah. just like I can do literally all I want. But I'm I think gonna the, go get stuck in traffic, lah. But the thing is, as well, like even even sort of the smaller things where, you know, you've got your your bank account and whatever in the army, but you don't, you're not having to like always think about your bills or whatever because that stuff is. <laughs> It's pretty pass and parcel, isn't it? If you if you're staying on site and stuff like that, you'd just be thinking about your work all the time. So actually, people I'd, I'd imagine would come out and feel like, well, actually, what you know, a bit lost. Yeah, people. I'll, yeah, they get very lost because you go to work on a tank park, which is you can see out your bedroom window, and all 50, 60, 70 of you live in that block. You can see where you work every day, and then you all knock off together and go back to the block, and you just. You're there 24 hours a day with each other. You can't get away. So if you don't like someone, then it can be quite... But that's how people in the army become a brotherhood because you just... You, you never leave each other's side. And then mm. you carry that that um, mentality to wherever you go. Maybe it'd be war, on exercise, or just... It, it, it's a brotherhood that you won't break. And you see it all the time. So, ladies and gents, if you want to save big on some big-name brands, then Trade Legends is the place to do that. Head on over to www.tradelegends.uk forward slash discount. I mean, look, looking looking back on that then now, I mean, what? obviously you mentioned that you miss sort of the camaraderie with, with the other guys on on duty or whatever. I mean, do you... Do you see any of that when you uh, do you work with anybody else when you're out plumbing or is it just do you work hand yeah, solo on your own or there's a couple of us yeah yeah but, um on the firm and it is it is close mm. but there is um like even on the social media side at the minute there's 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 like um what can you call it pete can't call it a click can you um, don't call it a click because somebody will be Sticking an Insta story of you guys on. <laughs> it's almost like I feel it. I feel it now. We've got like a group of lads where we come together. It's a community. You've got yeah. the plumbers. There's a plumbing community, and there's there's guys that form friendships through having never met each other, through their connection with the work they do. Um, you know, we've got a really good group chat. Guys all around the country. Um, we're all mates. We've had, we've had a few meetups now. Um, but yeah, there is a community, but like when I used to work with Kev, like he was teaching me how to do plumbing, but he became my best mate because I spent every day with him and you do, you have a laugh, you have sight banters, some of the best. And then for me, that's the worst thing now because I work on my own. I've not got that during the day, like I'm mm. on my own, but then Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, whatever groups you're in with like-minded people, um, your peers, they become your like workmates and you're chatting all day and you're saying, oh, Billy, I've got this job. I ain't seen this boiler before. And you say, yeah, oh, yeah, I did that the other week. This is what's wrong with it. So you get knowledge. You're, you've got someone to talk to. If you've got a problem, if you're having a shit day, 
It's just a it's quite similar to the army because you get loads of random reprobates from all over the, <laughs> all over the world, but you've all got that common interest where you're in the army, so you become brothers and you get on with each other and you think on Civil Street I'll never be mates with him. <laughs> but then I leave, I go on Civil Street and now I'm in I've got this group together and I'm thinking I won't be mates with him, but I am really good yeah. mates with him. <laughs> because you've got the common interest in that's plumbing. That's what all my mates say about me. They were like, if we met you now, none yeah. of us would be friends because we've been friends for like 33 years. They were like, if I met you now, there is no way I'd be mates with you. Yeah. I'm like, thanks, guys. He's <laughs> like that, though. But we have like, got a, we've got a wide range of different people, haven't we? Yeah. And we all we all have different interests. Um, we can be almost horrible to each other with banter, yeah. but we all. You know, we all get on, we talk every single day. Everyone says morning in the morning. Um, There's days when when no one's getting attacked, I feel like, what was going on here? <laughs> like, we up, your step, up your step, Billy. <laughs> yeah, and and I just go, we at war. <laughs> yeah. <that's right>. <laughs> <laughs> Pete, you're getting it today. Craig's getting it. <laughs> but, so like, I'm just trying to, like, I've never been in the army. I'm just trying to get some. So you work where you live. When you knock off, let's say you knock off at six, seven o'clock. Have you got like a canteen or a, is there a pool table, TV? There is, there is places Commun where Like can, a communal area? Yeah, there is. Like over in Germany, there were charities that made um, rooms and spaces like that. So lads could switch off and go play pool, go watch Sky TV, just, um, you know what I mean, chill out for a bit rather than staying in their rooms. And I've noticed that nowadays, the accommodation in the modern army, like I used to share a room with four or five blokes, so... They were tight that you know i mean we knew everything about each other but now it's all single man rooms so at five o'clock wherever they knock off they can shut that door and lock their way to the next morning yeah and that's why i think there's a lot of mental health issues to come off that as well because the army now is less i think less clicky and it's more of a job back in the day used to be um i don't know we just all stuck together all lived together all worked together and it was well, if you've had a, one of these had a shit day, then somebody else are probably more likely to pick up on it when you shut the door. Yeah, definitely. When no. you shut the door, you can't, can you? Mm. And even in training, in training you used to have 20-man rooms. Mm. I've heard in training now they've got their own room, mm. which is not like, it doesn't instill that... You get, a good, night, you get a good night's sleep, though, don't you? Yeah, you get to wherever you want, you're up to, but you can do it in a 20-man room. So, um, <laughs> you, talk, you spoke about having a plan. What was your plan when you when you left? Mine was a bit different because I went a bit cuckoo, if that if that's politically correct. Um, how, how, how old were you as well then when you... So, what, 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 age, what age were you when you came back to do your gas part before you left the army? And then what age were you then when you... 2015, so... Seven, Testing your maths. Quick maths. 33 minus 7 now, so... Well, 33 minus 7? Yeah. 26. 26. 26. Yeah, my head's gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's so had two 20, beers and a cup of tea and he's gone. <laughs> 26, did my gas, and then a couple of months later went back to Afghanistan again, totally forgot it all. And then after that, I come back and it was kind of the end of Afghanistan and it was just like stale it was just two years up north and Catrick just like this is boring just going to the gym twice a day and I thought I need to he'd be all over it oh, I was bigger than Pete I just thought I need to like I need to be active mm. I've got like, two bills up there so I need to be I need to be doing something all the time so I just thought right phone my dad I'm done and he went if you're done you're done mm. and then but 
Was, how, how was your dad with you? Was your dad awkward with you, or did he no. did he get it? He, he knew straight away because how it works in the army and, and in any other maybe even in this office now if you have one sour apple it, it just shuts the show down doesn't mm -hmm. it it makes everyone just like if you have one person who doesn't want to come to work doesn't have that mentality of like getting up getting up in the morning love going to work then it has it has that effect on everyone in the office doesn't it potentially so in the army that happens as well if you don't if someone doesn't want to come to work and doesn't play ball it it just ruins the ranks it, everything just falls to pieces Everyone's arguing, fighting, backstabbing, and that's what you don't want. And then I just thought to myself, if I don't like going to work, I'm not going to work properly. I'm in charge of lads here. Mm. And if I'm not a role model, then I'm done. So that was it. Okay. And so it was a weird thing. I packed my kit and I just left. And that's not what you do. Yeah. yeah. Did you not say goodbye to anybody? That you I said goodbye to lads, but um, I was done. And then... I just went home and I was just in bits. I don't know why my head was just shot to pieces and I was just like, so like you need to go see a doctor. <coughs> so I went doctor and he was just like, you're never going back. Right. I mean, was would you would you say then that was obviously from that last last part of going to Afghanistan? Would you say that uh, that's I, what? I don't think it's, it's it's directly linked to that because I had had problems with mental health before that as well, mm. where I had a really bad turn and um, I did something stupid and then it ended up me. Like getting sectioned for like four weeks mm. in Basingstoke, so I was just was, like, this, was this during the army? Time? Yeah, this is why I was yeah. in the army. Yeah, so I just. I mean, the th the, th the thing is now, like when we talk about mental health, like I feel like it's it's way more acceptable. Obviously, the time, you know, like oh, then wasn't I got hammered? <coughs> I got hammered by like the lads. Yeah, that's why. I, like I was wild Bill for ages mm. until, no offense, the next guy mm. had a problem. Yeah, because in the army back in the day. We're talking only five, well, ten years ago. Everyone's macho. It's mm. one big. Who's the hardest? Who's yeah. the fastest? The biggest dick swinger. And yeah, yeah naked bar at ten o'clock. Who's got the biggest cake? Who's going to yeah. win? You know. <laughs> I mean, the, th the, th the thing is, then from that side, obviously, like you've got your 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 lads, mates, who sort of like are still piling at you. Not obviously because like they want to make it worse for you, but that's just banter at the same time. But I mean, you know, how does the army handle that sort of thing? Was the army good with you? With with understanding that or was it still back in those days where people still didn't under like now I feel like you know if you rang me and said look I'm having a shit time I'd be like you know do you need some help like I feel like a, that conversation could be had now because the way it worked with me was almost like I did it when I was away and then I got Kazivaked all the way back to UK and then almost got transferred to the NHS the civilian side of it mm. and then next thing I know I've got no shoelaces no nothing and I'm in Basingstoke locked down for four weeks mm. going even more mental mm. and I'm just like how am I even here and then they let you go and then I'm, and then I'm on leave staying at my mum and dad's <coughs> house for months on end mm. till the army get in touch and say yeah. right it's time to come back come back but then the trust is gone isn't it because I shouldn't say this but at that time I, I felt weak and I did something that affected a lot of people mentally and physically. So the trust had gone. I went from being a really good soldier to, well, if he did that. Can we rely on him type of mm. thing? You're not going to get a weapon for a while. Mm. But then a couple of months later, it's all back to normal. You're back on the wagon again. You're back. Did they, did they, I they don't look after you. Yeah, I mean, the army will, there's no disrespect to the army. I left for my own reasons and I love the army. And I'll always tell a young lad, if you're going down the wrong route, join the army, they'll switch you on. But um, 
they will look after you in every way possible. Mm. Just ask for the help. But as as lads and boisterous squaddies, sometimes we won't ask for help. But like you said, you know, so Afghan's going on. Yeah. So you're high alert. You're obviously at high stress level all the time. It's all this stuff's going on. And then that stops. Have you got nothing to do? You've got work to do, but it's menial tasks. Yeah. So maybe you're... The, the change in having nothing to do... It's a killer for a lot of lads and a lot a lot of women as well because you go from, let's say, six months in Afghanistan on the patrol bases on the front line, attached to the infantry, fighting every day, out on patrol every day, to then going back to camp where you're locked down for maybe a week to decompress, get used to being back on planet Earth. And you go to Cyprus for three days as well where you're allowed your first beer. So your, your first beer is under control. Yeah. You're allowed four. And then like decompression stage. Once that's done, they'll fly you back to UK or Germany and then you'll spend a week on camp, get used to the surrounding area. Because if they just flew you back straight from war, blokes would just be out on base court, still at war, wouldn't they? Yeah. But some blokes can't switch off. And then some blokes miss the adrenaline factor of being at war as well, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Because like you said, you it's quite tense, isn't it? You've got that fact that you're in Afghanistan, there's a war going on, but then all of a sudden, a week later, you're back in Germany in a room on your own going, right, what, what now? Yeah, what now? What so I just go to the gym, or let's go sweep the tank park. And like some, you, 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 you love the adrenaline, don't you? And I think that's the problem with me sometimes. I like, I get told a lot, I've got, I'm always high or I'm always low. I've got to find the middle bit. I'm, it's totally different. I always have to have. I'm always doing something. To keep you. Yeah, I always have to be doing something, yeah. and I can never switch off. But I can imagine if there was nothing to do after being at that level of mm. alertness and stress. I think you'd enjoy the army for the physical factor, but then also the fact of the the down times is quite long. Like there's a there's a lot of time when you're actually doing nothing. Yeah, yeah, well, having to but pick, it's up to the person to do something. Mm, but having to pick yourself up and then you go right up and then you right down and up and down. And you can see why a lot of people have do have um, issues with mental health, don't you? Because of what they see and mm. um, what they go through, and then adjusting. It's always it's it's always hard to adjust, isn't it? Sometimes, so, but. Mm. I mean, you, what would you what, sign up, don't you? So you, you know what's involved yeah. until you actually come back. I mean, we've had we've had a couple of people on. Obviously, um, Ash Mahoney Brickworks. He had uh, an incident where somebody committed suicide yeah. in front of him, and obviously jumped off a bridge. And we were sort of like, "Well, how do you sort of pull yourself back from that?" Which he he just said it, it was just purely time for him. So I mean, for for you, I mean, like, you know. Do you find that you have to talk to somebody about it? Have you done stuff like that? Or is it just some of the stuff yeah. you've just blocked out? Or You what? will see stuff, and I have seen stuff, and a lot of people have seen stuff, but that's not, that's not to be talked about. Mm. But, but with your... with your Because you, you freely admitted, obviously, like mental health, like maybe a bit of depression and stuff like that, yeah. like what helps you? So if somebody's listening or watching now, what what advice could you it's, give to somebody from being... My mum woke me up. She said something that's pretty ruthless, and she mm. said, don't be one. Uh, just don't put yourself in that situation because it's you, and you can take yourself out of it. So mm. when your mind attacks, you've got to attack back, and I tell this to people all the time. If you think something's negatively affected you, 
you've got to try and take yourself out of that situation. I know it might be hard because it might be work and you need money to live, but if you can start planning on finding another job, focusing on that, then maybe you can get rid of the stress there yeah. or there's something you don't like, maybe weight's another one, isn't it? A lot of people mm. get down with their weight, maybe go out for a little walk. And then it's all about, I don't know, I, t I always say attack when your mind attacks. Mm. Stay, stay on top of it because if you let it keep build get building up, yeah, you will, you mm. will lose. Because the more you dig the hole, the harder it is to get out, as simple as that. Yeah. But everyone's mm. mind thinks differently, so. Well, diff different things, like I, like, you know, I always say to you when somebody gives me some shit on social media, it's always on a day when I've had a right yeah, stinker, you know, and some, like normally I just back comments off like that. But like that comment when my cousin had just died of cancer, some guy goes, oh, I don't care that your cousin's just died. I need this product sort and like stuff like that. And you just think, do you know what I mean? But it's sort of, you know, it's interesting to listen to what you, you have to say about that because we have people that sort of come on and talk about like the mental health and stuff like that, but we haven't had anybody from the army side that's sort of gone gone the opposite route. So they've yeah. come, most people have just gone straight into trades and then it's trades, isn't it? Yeah. So it's interesting to listen to that scenario where it's been the army and then transferring into trades. I mean, you know, plumbing then now. So what, what age were you when you got into? When into leaving the army? Yeah. Four years ago now. And you're 30? Three. 33. Do you look very, very? Well, I, was, I didn't know what you were going to say <laughs> then. I, so, sometimes <laughs> I went, I'll go, go three. Just, 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 just in case somebody goes, I'm 29. And you're like, 30, yeah, 29. <laughs> I say 30. Cut that part 30 on there. So 20, 20, 27 then, 27-ish? Yeah. Just fired the CD out there, said, um, I'll come work for free. The army are going to pay my wages for the next six months or so. And mm -hmm. just got snapped up and then learned learn the process, learn how to plumb, how mm. to be an engineer. And then went and worked on social housing for two years, which was a proper brain rattler. Yeah. In the deep end, it's got to be fixed first time every time. And you just see, again, another how certain people live. I mean, that's, that's, that's another one as well, because some of the social housing stuff that people work on as well, is you yeah. think, how do people live in those scenarios in some of the places that you... You got, yeah, to. you got to remain professional all the time, haven't you? Like, you, mm. there's no filming, there's no, there's just no nothing. I, but the social housing firm that I worked on was a zero policy, no filming, no talking, GDPR. They've got rights. Mm. They might be in social housing for a reason, but yeah, it's it's some of them are some of them are in a in a in a bad way, and some of them are vulnerable. And you mm. gotta you gotta treat them as as your own really and as, mm. as a private customer as a normal human being but it's hard some of the states you see some of the some of the properties some some of the way the ways people live it, it can affect you a little bit mm. so it's quite stressful as well but yeah because they some of them will it's your fault their ball is not working mm. and you're the you're the man or woman to go around there you're going to take the hit for that mm. and they're already living their kind of stressful life and you're the tradesman. Really he didn't cool. have much luck then leaving, <laughs> leaving to get away from the <laughs> army and then get Two years, I thought, I can't do this again. <laughs> <laughs> like, Bringing the <laughs> army kids. <laughs> I've got my own problems, though. I can't, I can't take yours as well. Uh, and then um, I just, 
which I'd done, I was going to go on my own. Mm. And I thought, right, let's add some more stress to the bar. Yeah. And then the boss approached me and said, do you, want, um, do you want to come work on the caravans? And I said, yeah, sweet. It's nice and sunny. You can go work along the beach all the time. They lied to me. Yeah. I'm under caravans, covered in mud. I'm wet, I'm cold, I'm crying and moaning. <laughs> so, you know, obviously you're living in over on the... Uh, North up, Norfolk coast, On yeah. the east side. In um, Did that job, did you go straight there when you left the army? Because you said you were from, where, where are you from originally? I'm from up north, northwest Warrington. Warrington. My missus is from Warrington. Mm. <laughs> but you've got to remember, like, my family, where my dad's in the army, so we travelled mm. everywhere, so I'm not really from up there because I've, yeah. I've lived all around Germany and stuff like that. So I, I'm just a nomad, man. Yeah. I'm like a traveller. So when you when you got that job, were you already were you were you already living in in Norfolk? Were you already yeah? Out? I was already I was already oh, living okay. there. Yeah. So and it just that's how it landed. Now yeah. I work on on the coast where it's all just fun and games and laid back laid back lifestyle. Oh, Have you got a plan for future? Yeah, I will be my own boss one day. As a matter of a fact, mm. that's a fact, isn't it? I've I've left the army for the freedom. Mm. So I might as well carry on the journey, but I'm still learning the game, like I'm learning the trade every day. Mm. So the more I learn, the better stead it puts me in the future as well. Because yeah. that's good for an apprentice as well. Is like, you get apprentices that as soon as they finish their apprenticeship, they're like, yeah, I know everything now. Yeah, you got to have a plan. You got yeah. you got to save some money up. Yeah. So you got a bit of a cushion. Obviously, you're gonna want a van. You got a lot of outlays. Tools, yeah. van. Excuse me. Need <clears throat> tools, van. You've got to build a client base because you can't go on your own without customers so you can do all that while you're still working mm. um but yeah you do need a plan it's having that the, the slow transition across isn't it yeah and leaving a good job i like my job now it's, it's perfectly i'm mad happily just stay here but it's the fact that i want to in a way progress i want to do yeah. my own thing see if i can run a business see if i can be my own boss yeah, and, and I think the dream the dream scenario is you leave your current employer on good terms, yeah. and then you're now self-employed, Billy the engineer, and he rings you up and says, "Billy, I've got a big job on. Can you come and help me?" And you go and work for him again, and he does work for you. And if he can't make a job, he passes it on to you. Whereas if you leave on bad terms, I mean, you don't want to be when I say like build a client base, you don't want to be stealing. Your <laughs> <laughs> See, when I leave that caravan, I'm never seen a yeah. caravan again. If someone offers me a free caravan holiday in Maldives, I'll go to a van. No. I'll, be, I'll, I'll speak to you in two years. You'll be like, I'm on, I'm on mobile homes now. <laughs> what I mean by build a client base. It's really like, you hear me like, <laughs> You might start doing work for friends and family at the weekends and then you say to them, right, I think I've got on my own and then they recommend you to their mm. friends and family. You don't steal the, work, the customers yeah. off your current Employee, Pete does not endorse stealing anybody's <laughs> client base. You said I also, that on another podcast, didn't you, where yeah. people kind of steal work about it? Yeah, I also, I also would say if you are an apprentice and you're thinking about, you know, you've got your level three coming up, you're going to finish in the summer and then you can leave, you have got to think about repaying the person who's put you through college. And, and if you do leave, just do it off your own bat. It's so much more satisfying. Yeah, okay, you probably get somebody approach you, but just do like don't pinch a client base mm. like it's that's the easy thing to well, do. once you've got it in your once you've made your plan so you get your plan you finish level three in two years time i want to go south and you've got two years then save some money up do your work at the weekend build your client base at the weekend um and you'll still that whole time you'll be earning money and you'll be gaining valuable experience there's no no point rushing it i don't think anyway no 
there isn't, is there? Like you say, you don't bite the hand that feeds you because you, you never know what can happen, do you? It's a good job. It's, it's a good team. And what happens if I did go on my own and it didn't work out? Yeah, you, you want the option to maybe, maybe yeah. I can go back. So when I left social housing, I, I left on good terms as well. And they pestered me for ages to come back. And I was like, no, nah, I'm happy here, but you still got that. You know what I mean? So now you'd have that chain all the yeah. way back. Don't burn your bridges, do you? No, you don't. Because you don't know. It's a small world, the plumbing industry. Mm. And Norfolk, yeah. everybody knows everyone in Norfolk. Mm. They're all one Marsh big family. <laughs> 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 oh, mate, Dave's got about eight fingers. <laughs> he can say that because he's from there. <laughs> My dog went missing last night, so the missus says you better go and look for him. So I was out there for two hours, couldn't find him. So she said you better look harder. So I had my head shaved, got some tattoos, I still couldn't find the fucker. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to rescue you anyway in a minute because there's too much plumbing talk going on, isn't there? <laughs> Get the so should, should we, we'll come over to you then, Ad. So take us back. Obviously, we've been through sort of how uh, Billy came into the plumbing world. Uh, with the stuff with the army, just take take us back with a little bit of like, how did you get into? You're obviously an electrician. Yep. You know, how did you get into <clears throat> being an electrician, not being a plumber or not being a carpenter? Like, just give us a bit of the background story for. Yeah. For so, so uh, I was I was brought up on a farm actually. So yeah. So from a young age, we were really taught like, right, you're getting out in the back of the spot harvester. Well, <laughs> yeah. You know, so uh, working was sort of bred into us. You know, so we. Uh, when I was 15, my dad says, right, you're going to get some work experience. Uh, went with a plumber uh, for a week. I was 15. Week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Never doing that again. We were a plumber and uh, we're uh, first fix of the house. And I was like, yeah, this guy just drinks tea all day. Don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Pete. Uh, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then went with a, a local sparking firm. And the guys were all sort of early 20s and they were drinking champagne all day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the guys were good crack and loved it. So basically that started my journey off on in the electrical industry. Mm. Uh, even from that, when I was an apprentice, when I was, uh, from, right from the second year, I was always out doing homers and I was always really keen to get more and more experience. Um, the company I was doing work with on McDonald's work and a lot of commercial and a good bit of domestic as well. Um, yeah, so then when I qualified, I pretty much done what you said not to do. Right. <laughs> As in, I tried Stole to the client, yeah. basically. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I didn't do that. I started doing, uh, so I went self-employed. It was, a, yeah, it was definitely the wrong thing to do. As in, I thought I knew a lot more than what I did. I didn't, didn't really work out how I planned. So then went and worked, uh, went and got employed by a big sort of sparkling firm. Mm. And... Uh, yeah, was there for a good few years. Just to interrupt you, so when you say, just for people watching that are thinking about going on their own, yeah, well, I would say prematurely, what went wrong? I think it's the business side, the business side of things, yeah. isn't it? I like, mean, you being could, on the tools, I'd imagine, on, is like second nature to you guys. Yeah, but actually, was it the actual running of the business that you struggled with? I think with it was or? a mixture of like dealing, with, dealing with, with clients at the start, not knowing how much to bill. Yeah. When how how to chase money, not actually knowing as much as I thought I knew, um back then, then I went and worked at like another uh, another local firm, uh, bigger firm, doing a lot more commercial and stuff. Um, a couple of years down the line, 
local factory. I was still doing stuff at nights. I was doing work with them in their food factory. Then basically the opportunity came up to to start AG Electrical as it was then. Yes, yeah, so it was class. We went about six months. We had around a month, sorry, with an, on a, another electrician on board and an apprentice because because the workload that they had within the factory it was really really fortunate that they took a chance on me yeah. back then. Um, yeah, and then within uh, about six months of that, a builder who we had done work with in my previous firm again, but I was a foreman on that firm. They had me, there was uh, the previous company I worked for, and them had parted ways. Uh, they phoned me, uh, and again, really, really fortunate that William, the builder, he took a real chance on me, and basically that really propelled our company. We went from uh, basically doing uh, stuff in the factory to having about within uh, two years, having about 10, 15 guys. Wow. We'd done a hotel and a couple of restaurants and stuff, but, but then, and then over the last couple of years, it, we, the, we currently now have about... Uh, just under 40 guys uh, working to us. We've got, we do like hotels, restaurants, a lot of industrial factory work. We sort of built that side of the business as well. So no, it's been really, really good. Did you find once you get in with like a restaurant or a pub or a, a factory, do you get more of that work through recommendations from them or do you, did yeah, you go looking for yeah, it? Yeah, so we, we really uh, capitalised on, on that niche market. So, did. so we just got really, really good at doing that sort of fit out end. Um, and then obviously you might have one guy that owns maybe 10 Yeah, I was going to say, they have, yeah, if yeah, they have yeah, one yeah. restaurant, they're yeah. probably going to have another or Generally a bar. Generally speaking, or... and then uh, back home and uh, like in Belfast, everybody knows everybody. So, like, you know, Sammy knows Billy and Billy knows Turlock and they're yeah. all, you know, so, uh, yeah, so word, word spreads quite quick. Yeah. yeah, I know, so it's good. So, um, yeah. Mm. That's where I'm at now. Like. Did you did you find, because obviously you mentioned restaurants and stuff, obviously with COVID, did you find that some of your work, your electrical work dried up or has it just carried on because you yeah. picked it up from... So when that initial thing, when it all COVID happened, <coughs> we're like, oh, crap, we're going to do here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, so, but look, we, for like a week, we were down to like five guys and then literally a lot of, uh, we were very, very fortunate, a lot of projects, um, a lot of projects, continued on uh, with us, we, we, sort of a lot of guys in the construction industry, industry especially in the in the commercial end, they just propelled on and kept going through it. So we're fairly fortunate that way. In fact, we probably grew through it. So we have, um, yeah, so I think a good bit of our customer base, like we, we like I'm uh, I'm a Christian, right? And I, um, when I first started the company, I wanted to build the company on Christ, Christian morals and how I mean that is like, I want to be, Wanted to be honest with everybody. Wanted to be fair with everybody. Wanted to have like integrity and stuff. And, and like I sort of filtered down to how we sort of uh, treated our guys. So so like our employees, like everybody gets treated exactly the same from our first years, uh, which are starting out to our guys in the office. Everybody gets everybody's mm. tre- treated equally and fairly. And I think that sort of worked really really well for us. Uh, so it has, um, and we've like a, apprentices are key for us. Like we, we would chat, we focus a lot on our apprentice scheme. Now it's took a lot of time to build it to where it is, and building that up, uh, we haven't always got it right, but we're, yeah, we've yeah. 
Another oh. good place. Now I think it's really, really key. How many apprentices have you got? Have you got many or? Uh, about ten apprentices. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And is that is that something then for yourself that you think, like actively, like you you want to encourage within the business? Is that like you're always looking for more? Because some some companies will take them on and then you know it's sort of like I've got ten now, but then next year it's only two. Is that something where you've, no. you want it to grow so you have more and more? Or is it just something that you take ten on a year and then that's it? Or so I. Think I think for us, there's a massive shortage in, I think in most trades, yeah. there's a shortage of tradesmen and we have found the best way is to home grow our talent. Mm. So we're trying to build it a bit like a football team where you're bringing the guys through from the youth. Now, I know in, in a sort of bigger firm, apprentices can get lost. So what we've really tried to hone in on is bringing the guys through and really focusing on their skills and doing uh, assessment, doing our own internal assessments as well. So what do you what do you look like? I know there's so many people that sit there and watch, especially the apprentices here, and they're sort of like, oh, I've been applying or asking people, you know, they come through to you and they say, oh, PB, do you know anybody that's looking for somebody in the Dagenham, Dagenham and Redbridge area or wherever it is? Like, what what do you, as a an employer of forty people, what would you look for in an apprentice? What would you say they have to sort of show or provide for you to hire them? I would say to- main thing is is uh, like. We would get up application. We we'll be probably doing our applications for September intake in April time here. Mm-hmm. So at least we'll we'll be looking for guys who are, um, really committed to turn up on time. They're looking for their uh when they turn up to us, they're showing consistency and and their grades and stuff. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. So just just making sure, like I say to a lot of people that come to work here, is like the only thing I cannot do is make you get out of bed in the morning. Yeah. yeah. So the rest, the rest, the rest. Work, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a question. So you see it quite a lot. A kid's mum will write the letter asking for them for a job <laughs> or drop it yeah. into the place. Now <laughs> you might say no. You want you want the the kid himself or herself to write that letter. But if they're if they're not confident enough or they've got I don't know, they're just not... Okay, two, two right letters, different, I suppose, but to come, uh, definitely someone phoning in. If their mum or dad phones in generally, it's them not taking a, their own initiative. Not, I'd, yeah, I'd like, see that as you're not interested enough. Like, even if somebody turned up and they had a CV and it wasn't written the best or there were certain things that were, like, you know wrong about it but somebody came to the door they were polite they were well dressed they chased me on the phone have you got any work yeah. you know i really want to come and work here i'd be like do you know what actually all i'm thinking though is the anxiety of not having enough confidence to actually do that and not being able to do that 
getting your mum to, to, to make the initial inquiry and then once you get that opportunity then you you get to blossom and come out of your shell because a lot I've I had an apprentice and he didn't say a word to me mm. but the kid who he could be the next best electrician but he's not got the confidence to ask for the job I, I could understand that maybe is it that much you know because you're in, you're introvert I'm not so obviously I'm trying to understand it from that side. but if you're 15 16 maybe you could understand that but when you're 18 19 like you should be there yeah. not not i'm not expecting anybody to turn up and be like hello i'm billy <laughs> yeah. Way, give me the job but there's different level, uh, 15 16 there's different levels of maturity especially girls are more mature at a younger age but i'm just thinking i wouldn't want it to hold someone back if they're just not got the confidence but then again writing a letter do you need do you need that much confidence to write a letter in asking writing a letter you don't like even like here like when I when I first Nathan, started, did your mum get you this job? Um, I chased I chased I, ch I, ch I, ch I chased him actually, didn't I? I think it's like a. Did you steal him? It's like, yeah, cometh from Leeds, cometh. He sometimes let me let's be outside now. <laughs> but no, I mean like you know even Charlotte G Jack when they applied here, you know it, I think if you want the job. You know, like, I, I won't discuss stuff that we've talked about with, with different people in their interviews, but, like, if you want the job, I mean, G was working somewhere. You were working nights, weren't you? So G was working nights. He still sent his CV in, still, even though, like, he'd worked nights. You can tell somebody's down. Came, came in like for the night. interview. So you just yeah, want to yeah. you want to pick up a bit of passion, a bit of motivation, yeah, yeah. just yeah. something Mask that... Yeah. Because there's some kids come in and their parents are phoning in, their parents are telling them to go for the interview. They're going, right, yeah. you need to be an electrician. Yeah. No, no. Like, I want you to want to be an electrician. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We can so, give you the skills, but you need to come with the. So if and you're so, watching some, this and you're an apprentice and you're thinking about ringing up a firm, you want to be like, I want to be an electrician. Yeah. I feel like I'd be good at it. I'm a hard worker. I'll, I'll be e even it, it, everybody understands that but certain people are quiet and you know certain people don't have the same confidence as others. But you have to show willingness, yeah. I think, to yeah. like, mm. you've you know. I want to come and work here. That doesn't, that's not, in my eyes, that's not hard to say because if you're enthusiastic and passionate about something, you should be able to. Yeah. You've got to not come across too confident, too brash. Like too, us, like us, Billy. Roadman. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to give them something to see. You know, you, you see yeah, potential muscle, in every yeah. one of your apprentices and you go, he's going to be good, she's going to be good, and that's yeah. what you want, and that's what. Because really, they're going, they're going for quite a rare opportunity. Apprenticeships are quite they're, rare. They're, more, they're needed more than ever, guys, but they're getting more rare. Guys are coming out <clears throat> freshly qualified or getting similar pay to a junior doctor. Yeah, You know, it's massive opportunities for a kid at 16 to then be 20 to be coming out and be it with the qualifications or the salary, what you're going to be getting. And, like it's, it's and they just... Trades definitely aren't pushed enough. Yeah, you know, fifty pound notes. <laughs> but I've I've been to your I've been to your place and it was it was it reminded me of when I went to Pimlico Plumbers. Do you know Charlie Mullins? Yeah, yeah, seen, yeah. So you've got your yard a big board with all your, your electricians listed and then where they are going to be. Yeah. On the day, it's, it's so impressive. Bored of <laughs> You're not where you say you are. The board never lies. The trackers. But you've built you damn tracker. I'm not at McDonald's, I promise. <laughs> you've built that up. So you say you got 40, 40 guys now? Yeah, just around. How around. long did it take you to go from when you became your own boss? Okay. Yeah. To get into the level of how many years are we talking? 
Uh, we've been at that level now for around, uh, so we're about year five, we're there. Yeah. So, and then we've now... Are you still on the tools yourself? To be honest, I do, like, I miss being on the tools. Are you, like, are you ad admin yeah, now? Yeah. <laughs> it's not that time, because I spent a day with you and you weren't off your phone. Your phone was, con yeah. people constantly, constantly ringing you, asking you questions, you're just yeah. running it. And you're wasting an hour on this show for in the poor book, <laughs> whose phone's like, ah. There's 39 uh, loads just running right <laughs> yeah. Drake, uh, hotline <laughs> bling. I love it, like, to be honest, you spent about 40% of your life in work, so you've got to enjoy it at least. So, yeah. like, we really try to bring that out of our staff try our best to make a great environment and that's what i'm saying like be mm. being you can you can um show people what to do and, and and tell people what to do but still be doing it in a kind way yeah um you don't need to be standing shouting over somebody that only works for so long each so person has to be managed in a different way yeah like, like uh, you've um, got to everybody's see how they react full-time counselor yeah yeah <laughs> and you might have to switch it up for 39 or 40 other blokes it there's no treat them all differently there's no i have, I have to buy him loads of presents otherwise he doesn't like me <laughs> well the thing is <laughs> as all a his kit a new Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> as a boss running your own company you've got stuff working for you You obviously want to get the best out of each yeah. one of them because they're going to so earn like, money it's trying to like i try to look at it like you're flipping it on its head where, where is someone gets some people get promoted and get power hungry whereas you need to actually turn that the other way around and go actually my job now is if i'm a foreman my job now is to enable the guys under me to do their job better that makes me look better yeah so you're almost like helping them to do their job better equally the electricians if, if they're teaching their apprentice to work better that's going to help them do their job. Yes, it takes a wee bit more time to, to push them on and show them, but that'll reflect on them. You'll be like, well, actually, I have the best guy. It's yeah. like, if you have an, an apprentice, you've got to kind of look after him as if he's like your little brother or yeah, little sister. Absolutely. And just everything that you know, try and get it into them and make sure they enjoy coming to work because teenagers and young lads and young girls won't get out of bed if they don't like what's coming yeah, in the day. Like, I've got to be honest, I was really blessed the way the guys who, who, who I... Yeah, I worked under as an apprentice were were really really good. I mm. am um, actually there's some of them work at our firm now, literally, and like they they were really really good to be. And I've tried to take out and bring out into AG Electrical. Yeah. So. Yeah. Have you never thought? Because obviously when we spoke with Charlie, he he actually had electricians as well, didn't he? Is that so? Is yeah. That so what he said was he he nailed the plumbing, and then he had customers asking him if he knew an electrician. He's thinking, well, why am I recommending someone else? And they're getting yeah. money. Why don't I get my own electricians? Then I can get that money. Do you know any plumbers? <laughs> <laughs> Have you thought about anything like yeah, that? Or are you just keeping no, it? No, to be honest, we're we're purely electrical, concentrating on electrical like cleaning up shit. <laughs> <laughs> Billy's like tosser. Leave the real work. So, <laughs> so I reckon I reckon most guys and girls watching this now. Imagining you're bored up there with 40 guys working for you, all of them with work to do. You've done that in five years. Yeah. But then you're motivated enough to then create Tool Monster. So yeah. tell us about that. So Tool Monster is sort of uh, post Brexit, Northern Ireland, mad wee country, like class. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get sausages, but you can get tools. <laughs> you get tools. Like yeah. So, so like uh, post Brexit coming on so the idea came up about a year and a half ago and um, we were with age electrical we were buying in bulk and we couldn't as you probably knew shipping into northern ireland was an absolute nightmare mm. um but it also created opportunity 
so for us, so I'm buying the table. So I created an opportunity. Yeah. So so like Northern Ireland's now we we're obviously in both markets with foothold in both markets, albeit that the not getting political that the the protocol is not perfect but it creates massive opportunity for the likes of me exporting yeah. so we uh, we basically were banned in bulk and we said look we could do this because there was no one especially in northern ireland and ireland there was nobody doing selling everything in one place uh, and everybody in the whole island of ireland was struggling to get stuff so we basically became that that that, that company now who sell all the premium tools but we uh were as, they're saying it's quite a good position to be in um, geographically where we can get stuff from the UK, sell to the UK, but also sell into the EU without any customs. Yeah, because yeah. what was happening was people were ordering stuff from the UK. Yeah. And then when they got it, they were getting slapped with a bill they didn't yeah. know they were going to get. Uh, Sometimes like, 50, 60 quid. Yeah. So, it's like, for example, tool bags got out and maybe a tool bag got a... 160 quid and they're paying 75 pound on customs. Yeah. It was crazy. Um, yeah, so that's really where Tool Monsters evolved from, from that idea. And plus it was a good excuse to- To get some decent tools. Yeah, yeah, get some decent tools. <laughs> but you've got to be pretty motivated because that, I just keep thinking of that board with the 40 guys you got working for you, that, that would be enough for most people. Do you, you agree? Yeah, yeah. Having a firm with 40 blokes, but then you got, you're motivated to then do yeah. right. We're going to make this Tool Monster company and so you got to be you're a pretty motivated guy. Yeah, well, well if, you, if you've got forty guys as well, you need to kick them out. You need to kick them out, exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's clever in that in that uh, in that sense. Yeah, so Billy's like, oh, <laughs> like so uh, I'll come and work for you when I get all my tools. I'll be your first plumber. Yes. So, you so you took the tool monster. That's year and a half in now. Yeah. Well, well the idea came up about a, a year and a half ago. We're probably launched probably about six months. So are um, we're selling to end users and we're also the, we're selling now to wholesalers as well so a lot of our local wholesalers and stuff we're we're, we're uh backing them and that, up as well are you splitting your time 50 50 yet or no, you still no 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 I, I have a I have a good friend of mine ian uh brought him on board and he's heading up uh tool monsters so yes he's okay yeah so that tool monster you do in hand tools all, like, all, all the yes yeah, so sort of premium stuff nipx yeah, we're nipx uh, we're uh milwaukee you know you know, like, <laughs> I've got a contact to scan grip, mate. I swear. Yeah. Did you hear me yeah. said premium, though? Pete? So yeah. it's like Bonington's velocity. Yeah, on a, yeah. Probably miss one or two ox. Yeah, and a few others about to come on board as well. It's great. So look, it's it's just really class. I just for Northern Ireland business in general, it's massive opportunity for everybody, and mm. um, albeit that the. Brexit things obviously causes all our problems for all our businesses for us speaking solely for us it's been great <laughs> so have you got a plan for tool monsters are you trying to grow that social media yeah, so so we're um we're just about so with age electrical with our own warehouse with, with a bit of extra space so worked out great we're about to expand that put another level in we're about to put a new uh, big demo area so guys can come in on demo tools um, yeah, so, which is great. Um, we're expanding on our social media. We're bringing guys on board to do that. Um, getting a few tips off you today there with, uh, with, the with these guys. Uh, with the TikToks. Yeah, the TikToks. Right. <laughs> TikTok. Oh, TikTok. TikTok. Oh. You love TikTok. it more than me. I've seen I do you. Not. 
how can you say you that? You were like, you've done your hair, especially for it. Let's get on it. That's what you said to me when you uh, first walked in. You liar. You two saw him out there. Did you see how much you love TikTok? Yeah. It's I'm going to get him a T-shirt that says, I love tick, and then I'll have one saying, I love tock. <laughs> you love what? Tick and tock. <laughs> You were right. trying to get me to slip up there, weren't you, Peter? <laughs> Too look, swift for you. Let's look at these lap times. Lap times. Start your engine. Eight minutes um, ten, wasn't it? I can't <laughs> <laughs> you have done one, Pete? I've not done one this time because I've been late every. every <laughs> <laughs> it would do, but Pete turns up three and a half oh, hours late. Tra traffic, yeah. uh, <laughs> <What> traffic, <laughs> yeah. traffic and sushi, mate. Traffic and sushi. Oh dear. So, should we go to the Jerry Springer? Final yeah, thought? final thought. If you got any advice you want to give to anyone watching, um, or if you just want to plug your social media page or your tool shop, if you've got one, or if you want to sell a caravan. Run back, haven't <laughs> 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 no, just, um, I know it might be hard, but try and come to work because you like coming to work. So if you're struggling at the minute and you don't like the work you do, potentially look and see if you can change up or find a different job. But the main aim is to try and enjoy coming to work. And if you enjoy coming to work, then your life's going to be a whole lot better. Because What's you that spend saying? Most of your day at work, What's that you? saying? If you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. That's the right job. There we go. Yeah. That's the goal. That's the dream. And I, I, I'm loving plumbing at the minute, so I like. And that's to why work. I love plumbing. <laughs> and if you want to, um, <laughs> if you want to follow Billy on Instagram, it's bb underscore the engineer. And you also see him on my YouTube channel. Sometimes does guest spots on my YouTube. Lovely. Second job. And for you, Adam. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you one thing. We tell everybody who starts at our company it says uh, tell the truth, no matter what the cost. Oh, there you go, Pete. That. Tell everyone you love TikTok, mate. Done. Well, I enjoyed that. Thank you, lads. Yeah, no thanks worries. for the invite. Does anyone want yeah, an update on my cold showers, by the way? He's at four yeah. minutes. Done. No, no, no. Your dog rescue yeah. training. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a class. I'm going to update this every every time I come on, but I'm at four minutes now. What? I'm loving it. Four minutes, he's got no balls. It's true. Your balls disappear after the third minute. I was, thanks, Pete. <laughs> and he's got some big images there. It's nature, baby. <laughs> it's not, is it? I'm standing in here to see how, how much I could lose my genitalia. I'm looking more into it now, though. Apparently, if you get your face wet. <laughs> what? Pulling up in the shower. <laughs> 
if you get your face wet first, your body reacts to that. There's something. If your face gets isn't it? Your temperature gauge <laughs> at the back of your neck. Lick. Back of your neck, but your face. If once your face gets wet, the body diverts but the, the once, blood to the internal organs. Once your face gets wet, your balls don't shrink. Is what you're saying? <sighs> Just take it seriously. <laughs> you, you should try it. <laughs> what losing my balls? No, I'm not going <laughs> to. Well, I'll do it in the summer, but it's bolting now. Right, I'll tell you what. I'll do one in the hotel tonight and I'll film it. Not tonight, you. do it tomorrow morning. You're, <laughs> <tomorrow. laughs> You're going to film yourself in the shower, are you? No. Mate, you don't have to film it, mate. <laughs> Billy, make sure you get the balls. <laughs> YouTube. It happens, it happens. Bill, you need to do a landscape for YouTube. Mate, oh, mate, no, you know when he, he says you make a guest appearance, so Pete, I've got some great content for you, mate. Cold shower or not, lad, there's no difference what's going on. <laughs> and you come out of the shower, I've got the face, I've got the face. <laughs> Oh, man. Right, right, tomorrow morning. Yeah, Roger. Tomorrow morning. See how long you can do. I we need we all need an update on this yeah. on the Insta stories. Pete, yeah. I've done it. I'll beat yours. I did six and a half minutes, mate. That Top, really yeah. gave. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, mate, if you can get to four minutes, it's like what a walnut. <laughs> Just the one walnut. Just the one. The one. <laughs> right, cheers, boys. Cheers very much. Right, done. Monday. Beasley Workwear now proudly sponsors Trade Legends.